Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Having an impact in our neighborhoods and working to give back to those in need is an important aspect of sustainability, in my opinion. Today's guests are doing just that. In addition to diverting clothing and toiletries from landfills, these sustainable brown girls are making a difference in their community. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review, so go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. If you're not already, be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured on the page. I love seeing what everyone's up to, their sustainable swaps, their outfit inspo. So I love sharing that on Instagram. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. It really helps to keep the show going on a consistent basis, and you'll get access to some exclusive content. A link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Before we get into this episode, I do want to acknowledge that there are dates and events that have already passed. However, our guests hold different events throughout the year, so follow them on Instagram and their website to stay up to date. Today's featured sustainable brown girls are the ladies of Well Clothed. Well Clothed is a nonprofit based in Brooklyn, New York, founded by three Black women and lifelong friends, Lita McGee and sisters Jenna and Marion Richardson, later joined by Maya Shelton. With the mission to take the mystery out of donating, well Clothed ensures that recipients receive high-quality care packages that are curated specifically to meet their needs. Today, we're joined by Jenna, Lita, and Maya. Thanks so much for joining us today, ladies. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm yes. excited. Thank you. So let's just, you know, kind of start at the beginning. You guys can talk, you know, however you want to, whoever wants to lead the conversation and hop in, do what you got to do. But um, tell us about how Well Cloth was created and like why you guys started it. Okay, I'll jump in. I feel like I always tell our origin story. So yeah. <laughs> I was like looking at Jenna like, this you? <laughs> Well, obviously, so you you touched on this in the beginning. We're lifelong friends. And so organically, I was hanging out at Lita's house and we were really thinking through, I believe she was cleaning out from her spring closet to her winter closet or something like that or vice versa. Um, and coming from a fashion background, both her and her mother had a surplus of clothing. And so we were sitting there, you know, she always gives some to her friends and then she just has this pile 
And we're like, well, what are you going to do with this? You know, wh- where does this go? And then she's like, I'm going to just take it over to Goodwill. And then we were like, okay, but where does that go? You know, how come the things that you give away for free are now being charged to someone else? So we're sitting here and I was coming from a nonprofit background and just being really like community focused. We tried to figure out, okay, is there just one thing we can do? Like, what's the smallest thing we can do um, to kind of mitigate this problem? Because if we're having it, it's something everybody else has, right? She has a ton of fashion friends and we just have friends that buy clothes. (laughs) You know, we have a bunch of people. So where is all of this surplus going and why do people then have to pay for it again when someone had given it away for free? So the idea was like simple. Let's just host one event, right? Like it's like fall of, um, sorry, summer of 2016. Yeah, let's just hold one event. Let's get all of our friends. Let's get all of their clothing and invite some people um, from partner organizations that I've worked with through nonprofits or just that we've heard of um, and see if they'll come out, right? Like see if this is actually a thing that is necessary, that's needed. And um we decided to make it like a pseudo luxury experience. So it was a bagging brunch experience. We had mimosas because, you know, brunch, brunch is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know if brunch, uh, I'm on Atlanta TikTok, so I know brunch is a thing in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, definitely brunch up in Atlanta. Brooklyn. So we're like, let's do, let's, let's put the both like the best of both worlds together. Let's make sure that everybody's having an experience and not just feeling like they're coming to pull things out of a hat or pull things out of a trash. like trash bags and stuff. So I think that first time we saw about 150 people came Mm -hmm. through and like cleared us out. We saw multi-generations. We've seen kids shop for their parents. We've seen parents shop for the whole family. Um, We were like, okay, we're onto something. And it kind of just grew from there. Wow. I think it's like, it's also, you know, sorry to cut you off, just, but just at the same time this was happening in my personal life with Jenna, at the time I was working in merchandising and I was just in the closets all the time. And I was just like, these, this is collecting dust. Like when you're working in these fashion closets all the time and you see like, of course there are sample cells and things like that, but that's a, more of an internal thing. But then the amount of surplus that's still left behind is just ridiculous so as this was happening in my own personal life of cleaning out my closet i'm like what are we doing with this stuff like it's just sitting here we're not doing anything and then i and i was just and at the same time we were also doing volunteering at church so it was just all happening at the same time and it was it just made sense and then i it kind of put that battery in my back at work because then i would see people just always like toss something aside or like have like a basket that they were like going to donate and then i'm like but where is it really going and then it kind of just all worked out how it was supposed to and you know ever since then we kind of just taken off so we've been pretty blessed in that in that respect yeah so i um i got involved once the nonprofit was already established and at the time i was living in um in the south so um, I moved back in 2019, and one thing that we always notice growing up, especially if you grow up in New York, you see so many people in need. You really have a good sense of like the have and the have-nots. There's a lot of established people here. There's a lot of wealth here, but there's also a lot of people on the streets, um, and there's a lot of people without. You see people walking around without shoes. You see people sleeping on the street, like literally on the sidewalk. And so we see the need right in front of us every single day. 
today and we have. So even if we don't have, we know somebody who does. So we definitely um, wanted to find a way to, to connect the two. And then one thing that we discovered along the way that it's not always the people that um, are sleeping on the street that's in need, but it's a lot of the people that look mm-hmm. like us as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Wow. I love that you, you know, saw a need in your own lives, like in your personal lives, and then also kind of like made it a community-based thing too. Like, that's amazing. Um, so did you say that there was a charge for that bag and brunch or was it, oh, it was free. Wow. Free pop-up shop is free. So we, so yeah. we give back in two ways. We have the free pop-up shops, which happen seasonally usually. Um, and that when we set up a, basically a store, a free store, and we invite um, clients as well as community, as well as people that we believe um, are in the market to shop for free. And then we also have personalized care packages. And that's when our partner organizations and clients will reach out to us. We have our website, they fill out a form. If the family or an individual is in need, their sizes, what they need, what they, um, their pronouns, SR, their pronouns, mm-hmm. all of that on the mm-hmm. form. And then we, um, receive the the form and we go into our inventory and we create packages and care packages specifically tailored to that client and then them or their representative will come pick those up but i think to your like original question i think since the inception it's always been really important to us that it was free right Mm -hmm. um that's the whole point right you can go to goodwill and you can buy a shirt i mean not to bash goodwill goodwill does good work It's always been the idea that if I'm giving it away, I don't need to be profitable on it because I was giving it anyway. So how do you just pay it forward without any expectations of getting anything back? And that's how all of our events have run since. I see. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I love too that you come to it from the perspective like, okay, so when I give this stuff to Goodwill, like then what? You know, because I'm sure a lot of us know that not everything that we give to Goodwill is actually put on the shelves and sold. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's like a huge, um, you know, big dumping grounds in like Africa. And I know Ghana has that big marketplace where they get millions of tons of clothes, like every, every year. And it's like, well, what do you do with that? But you guys are doing something to, you know, try to mitigate that. So that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we'd love to, believe that every piece of clothing that we find a home for of course stays with that home but we really do encourage people like hey if we make you a care package and we get some things wrong you know like it's it's one thing to shop for somebody but it's another thing to shop for somebody you've never met right or you're never going to see so (laughs) we might get some things wrong please give that to someone else or you know find a way to give it back to us right like we don't just want to send clothes into the ether and then it now finds its way into another landfill. Like, let's just all get into the way of paying it forward because I don't believe that just because you're a person in need, you can't help another person in need. Right. right. Yes. Exactly. So um, I saw on your Instagram that you guys also are like, you helped some uh, people who were residents of a building that like caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Jackson, so you get- yeah, and Jackson Heights. Who wants to take this one? Okay. <laughs> so we 
are always, I mean, of course we always watch, you know, the news and we're always being informed of things like that, but the Jackson Heights partnership, we've done two with them um, at this point. Well, the first one was when it actually happened. And how many residents? There was like 95 families and 95 families in one building is almost like, like I can't even imagine the same like amount of people because it's like it could well, be easily. What, what happened? Hmm? Say what happened. You just went into it. Oh, no, I'm just talking about the families. But then what happened was we actually partnered with um, Loved Ones Food Pantry, and they were working with the fire that burned down. And we actually put together like a free pop-up shop for them as well, because they were all living in hotels after the fire had um, burned down. So it was kind of a perfect opportunity for us. We had like an, it wasn't the emergency Fun, but we had like a donation drive for all of them. And then everything we had between our office and the drive, we brought to them and just let them shop for free and like all their families. And then Love Wins Food Pantry had like a food truck. So it was still a very, a very a great experience. And also doing the same that we normally do with our um, pop-up shops and allowing people to shop for free and just giving them everything that they need whenever they need it. And we just recently did um, did another one with the families because they're still displaced. So it's still a lot. Like a year or so later, they're still in the same situation. The entire building burned down. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was definitely an emotional experience. Yeah, I We bet. also had another opportunity to do um, the one for Triborough. So we had, unfortunately, so like in my other life, I worked for a real estate development corporation and they had um, a fire as well. And they they were like, hey, Jenna, we know that you and your, um, you know, you and your girls <laughs> run this organization. What's up? Can you guys help? And so in what's five days, I think it was, we, mm-hmm. we, um, we packed our office with things that were donated. So we did not, we didn't do clothes that time, but we got dishes donated. We got knife sets donated, shopping cards, um, gift cards. Like the more so, yeah, like, okay, we can always do clothes, right? But like, you lost everything, unfortunately. So uh, between, I was just amazed that in five days that call for help really like went out, this stuff was delivered and picked up and given out within that first week. So, yeah. wow. I mean, that's what people, I just, I think that's what they think about when they think about well clothes. It's like, who do I go to in a clutch, right? Who's going to be able to provide um, real time and real help, not just like thoughts and prayers, but like yeah. thoughts and prayers, and prayers, you know? Right. Yes. We have to like shout out our community for that because honestly, sure. it's not, it's not us. Like we are just the connector of it but we literally blast our socials we blast our resources we really reach out to community and we'll say hey we have this family we have this fire we have this building we have this is what happened to these people um this is what we're asking for and people will show up and show out every single time they and then we also send it to pages that we know have large followings and they'll repost it and it kind of just spreads the word just spreads every single time and every single time people show up with bags to our office and there it's just it's amazing to see how community really works once we mm-hmm. um, put the blast out yeah that was going to be my next question how you get the word out but yeah that's amazing that you know people really like to help because where i live um last year it's been about a year now there was a tornado that it was like an e4 tornado that went through and like 
you know, demolished so many homes and a few businesses. And it's incredible to see how a community can come together after a disaster and just really, you know, try to help. So, so yeah, yeah, I love that you guys give the opportunity to people to, you know, be able to help others. Um, With that being said, what are some tips for people who may want to start a similar program in their city? Do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, it was honestly, because I think we look at the end result and think about how hard it is to do what they're now doing. But the truth of the matter is every great thing or every even good thing just started, right? You don't have to have all the pieces to get up and go. If you have a phone, if you have a space, if you got some friends, even if you don't have friends, if you live in a community, you know, people have stuff. And I think there is an innate human thing about looking at someone in need and saying, a part of you is saying that could be me. So I need to do it. I I need to pay it forward. Right. So you can just put out the call to action and allow people to show up. Right, like create a space for people to be them best selves or feel the best about themselves, and people will do that. So, like, if someone is thinking this is a dope idea, I really want to start this in Kansas. You know, like I don't know if Well Clothes is coming to Kansas anytime soon. So, like, you might as well get a space, get you know, look for people who have already um, been leaning on their community, and just say, mm-hmm. I have this idea. I just need a little bit of support, and watch the magic flow. Like, people love. Yeah to help other people. Yeah, Yeah. Clothes started over a simple Facebook post. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, Jenna and I are doing this thing. Like, what's what's up? Like, who's going to donate? And everyone was like, oh, I have stuff. I have stuff. I have stuff. And the next thing you know, we were like, whoa, everybody has a lot of stuff. (laughs) That first event, I remember that first event my mom went to and she was like, they had so much stuff (laughs) so yeah one thing that i would say as a tip for people starting in other states um watching the progression of well clothed i think it's very important to have a space for Mm -hmm. the items because we started with a uh, a little uh chest in brooklyn common (laughs) and then it went to a storage unit um, that was kind of far out and just transporting the stuff from the storage unit was difficult. And then we went to a smaller office and now we're in a bigger office. So, um, but like to maybe avoid that type of heartache and headache and <laughs> sweat, if you want to start this idea in another state, make sure that you have a space to hold because people always are cleaning out their closets. And if you mm-hmm. say I'm taking it, they're going to give it to you because they're trying to get it out of their house. So right. I would definitely suggest that if you don't have an extra room in your house, if you have a storage unit or if you have a like something that a place to hold it, because um, that is definitely something that we need. And you also need a place, a way to transport it. That's something that we're yeah. always um, yeah. finding a way to do. So transportation yeah. and space is what you'll need. Our apartments were looking like mini storage units for a long time. Wow. I guess yeah. this is the, the correct time to give a huge shout out to our like number one supporter, Brooklyn Commons. I know it doesn't mean a lot down in Atlanta, but Brooklyn Commons is a Brooklyn, um, it's a Brooklyn co-working slash event space um, in the Flatbush area. They also have one in Bushwick and literally have held us down since day one. We kind of went to them and pitched this idea. And like Maya said, they had this little storage 
crate. We don't know why they had it. It was nothing. And they were just like, yeah, you know. and they were like, sure, you can use this space. And um, that tiny space has now grown into like a six person office. They let us use their event space for all of our events. Um, you know, they donate that space to us. They donate their, you know, their Instagram when we have things. They also blast us on their web, on their, what are they called? Like newsletters and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. come out and volunteer. They stay late with us when we got to set up. Like they are, they're an extension they are, of our community. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are well yeah. They are well It's co-founded, oh. basically. Yes. <laughs> so it's amazing. This love where love is due for sure. Yes, those are, those partnerships are so important. So when you guys, um, do you take donations like on an ongoing basis or is it something that you just like call for a couple times a month or a couple times a year? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's dependent. I would say like we have our drives every, so we have, so for pop-up wise, we have our free pop-up shops every quarter. And then within that, of course, you know, like seasons change, people clean out their closets. So that just made sense to do that. But within that, sometimes we do need other items. Like we're having a toiletry drive this um, Sunday because we realize we have so much clothing, but we're missing a lot of the, to- the toiletry aspect for that. So we are going to do drive for that. And of course, within, uh, you know, situations, people donate items. But then a lot of the times it's just like, hey, guys, I have some stuff. Are you taking anything? And it's honestly just dependent on our, our need at the moment because there are times where we are full blown into winter and people are like, oh, I have all this spring stuff. And we're like, if you can hold on to it until it's time for us to like switch out the closet or have the next um, pop up or things like that, because it the whole point of well clothes to get stuff in and to get it out. And if we're getting stuff, it's just sitting there and it's not benefiting anyone. So the whole point is to make sure we have a quick turnaround. So we do take stuff yearly and, you know, every month and things like that. But what we take is just dependent on the need at the time. Okay. Yeah. I think the other part that's important to note is that we will do a call to um, call to donate if we have a request that we cannot fulfill. You know, right. so sometimes we'll definitely get requests. We work with some of the most interesting organizations. Yeah. Um, and like, I know Lita and Maya have the extensive list, but we've worked <laughs> with people reentering society. We do that a lot. We, um, we, I think I think we all are in grants that <laughs> the coolest organization, all dope, if you all are listening to this, you all do amazing work. We but love you all. <laughs> that works with <laughs> the um, transgendered immigrant community. Which I just yeah. be incredible because it's that such we're a just released from ICE, right? Yeah, wow. Right. So I think <laughs> what we get to do is super dope because we sometimes we're the first organization that is providing them with clothing that affirms their gender, and so mm. sometimes you're helping someone figure out who they what are, style is in their new life, and it's like. Oh, this is big. Like this is a big thing. This may be your first, you know, <laughs> pair of boxes. Yeah. This may be your first, you know, set of heels. Like, who do you want to be? You know? So yeah. it was like I remember the first time that like that happened. We were like, wait, guys, this doesn't this I have a question. And then that's when we realized we're like, I have a question. And I think that's also why we decided to add pronoun to our request donation, like our um, donation request form, because we were like, oh my God, there that's a whole demographic I think as cisgendered women we didn't even think about at that particular moment in time and then now that we're in that space we're like wait there's this is something and they reached out to us and we were like 
we have, we will love to help you. And ever since then, they're probably just, we work with them so much now. And it's such a fulfilling feeling like, you know, Jenna mentioned like helping affirm someone's new life and then knowing you're a part of that story is just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So I was assuming before that you guys only took women's clothes. So I guess you take all genders. Zero to 90. I mean, we have like infant, we have preemie clothes all the way up to like, I mean, you know, fashion has no age, but definitely something you can see a great grandmother in. Like we have the full gamut. And we just recently partnered with a foster care. So that brought Mm -hmm. in a lot of um, the children. Um, Even though we were already taking children's clothing before, um, one of our new partners is a foster care. So, um, yeah, I think that was eye opening for us too, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the like organizations we were working with were like young mother shelters, or um, of course there was like Brooklyn Defender Services and things like that, which was mostly dealing with people who are like 20 years old plus. And then once we started working with um, the foster care and they came to our last pop-up and I'm like, oh my God, there's so many like teenagers here. I was so like, wow. Okay. Okay. Cause that was our first time really working with like working with that age group. And I think that is something, you know, every day that we do well clothed, I learn something new. For instance, how we were working with, you know, now we're working with the trans community and then now understanding this, the, the age difference with, you know, the, 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 the teenage group, because a lot of times you think about it, you think, little kid, baby, parent. There's, we always seem to miss out on those development years of a child. So I think that now I'm consciously asking people like, okay, do you have a son that's 14, a daughter who's like 15? So we make sure we have all that stuff too for them as well. Because yes, we are going to have someone, a 90 year old who wants to wear something, but then of course you have the baby, but then there's the entire family that we should be, you know, worried about as well. Yes, definitely. Wow. I love that you guys work with so many different, um, you know, community-based organizations and are helping so many people. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I saw too that you guys um, have sponsors for some of your events, like, for example, like Clean Cult sponsored. Mm-hmm. I love Clean Cult. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you get those sponsorships? Yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, Lita is our head of marketing and I'm over partnerships and so a lot of them to be honest some of them come to us but a lot of it is us literally just sitting down brainstorming about a need so we look yeah. at it in two ways we look at a need of who is in need like who do who do we want to partner with organization wise of who's in need and then we also look at it as what do we need like what are we always getting requests for what are yeah. we always needing that we don't have and have to reach back out for so um household products and stuff and cleaning products um socks toiletries things like that you cannot really repurpose like you can't really give a used underwear you can't really give used people do don't give me wrong. Don't believe believe it. It. We have gotten we have gotten the used stuff, we've gotten stuff. Donated, <laughs> but we cannot give it back out. We're not gonna right. do that. So that's when we look at partners. Um and we basically just 
reach out to these organizations and these companies and also reach on to our networks and our relationships. So I was going to say, sorry, sorry, Maya. Um, I was just going to jump in and say, like, I have to give a huge shout out to, like, my fashion family um, because a lot of the, like, Clean Cult, it was a great, like, a really close friend of mine who actually was working at Clean Cult. She was just like, oh, my God, we're so down. What you guys are doing is amazing. Like, absolutely. We will help out. I've had friends who have worked at um, shoe companies who say, like, we would love to help. I've had um, my mom, like I mentioned, my mom's fam, uh, some of her friends work in fashion as well. So we've had coat companies donate who want to be a part of things. So I really do have to give a shout out to, of course, like, you know, this, there's always like on the ground boots running with like emailing all these people. But I really do have to give, you know, um, my props to all my my fashion fam who really do um, help out with a lot of this stuff, because even though we all work in fashion, we all have the same mindset of like, we have to do better. So it does help me a lot. And it, it fulfills me enough to know that even though I'm in the industry that obviously we do a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening there, but there are a lot of people who want to help and do better. So I have to give a lot of my partnerships to, you know, give them props to like my friends out there who really like help out with us and believe in our mission too. Yeah, definitely. Love it. All right. So tell us what you guys have coming up and any future plans that you have for Well Clothed. All right. I'll jump in. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think Well Clothed is really hitting a stride that we, um, you know, that we're embracing. Um, I think it's important to note that this is a passion project at this moment. And so all of us do work other jobs. So like while we're growing this thing, we're also, you know, maintaining our lives. But um, <laughs> we are we are outfitting our office to make it more of a space where people can come and actually shop. I think that's the next thing that we're really excited about is creating this space where our partners and our partner organizations, um, clientele can come in and pick out the things that they want and then get that true boutique experience, um, mm -hmm. you know, and not have to really wait for a quarterly event. Um, that's one thing that we got working on. We have this really exciting um, event coming up with Warner Music Group. I'm going to hand that over to Lita and Maya because um, they're like, they're really running this. <laughs> before, before we talk about that, we do have a free pop-up coming up on the 20th, which is yeah. our our core. We have another free pop-up shop that's um, kind of ending the, the winter clothes. All of, all of the winter season is going to be going into that. Um, but yeah, we have a huge event coming up with Warner Music Group, uh, Water Music Experience. Experience. Um, how that, um, partnership kind of developed was they just donated a bunch of merch to us for us to give back to the community. And then we ended up growing that relationship and said, how can we do this in a bigger, better way? So we're creating a fundraising event. Um, we were partnering with Warner and we are reaching out to our social media influencer community. And I'll let Lita go from there. So here we are. So this is kind of the opportunity because I work in fashion. I have worked with a lot of influencers. Like I do understand what happens in like the surplus you end up getting because so many brands are sending stuff to you and things like that. And it was kind of the perfect opportunity to really reach out to them and say like, okay, here's a, you know, and it is a fundraiser for us, but it 
directly goes back into the community to making sure that we can run well clothed in the best way that we can. So just really making this an elevated, you know, one of our elevated versions of like a pop up and having, you know, it being open to the public, which is actually our first thing ever because normally we open it to our the public meaning our organization so like it's opening up to everyone but now it's open to the public to come shop all of these items which is really cool so this is also like a new experience for us as well um but i'm pretty excited we have like a really dope space um like i mentioned mikasa in lower east side is gonna is partnering with us as well as you know warner music experience and it's gonna be pretty dope so i'm really excited to you know see what happens and we have luna rosa who's gonna be the dj and um you know i'm really excited to see what these you know what the influencers are like willing to you know help out and participate i think it's going to be great especially when we're trying to push forward the sustainable aspect of what we do i think an influencer in this case is a great vessel because you are a person of influence and you have an audience. So if you have the opportunity to speak on certain things that can help the environment, like why not do it and also shop at the same time? So I think it should be a really great event. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's called thrifting. No, thoughtful thrift. Thoughtful thrift. Love it. And it's on May 1st. Yeah. um, Well, not our influence, our social media um, audience, I think they'll be interested to hear that we're also launching, soft launching um, this thing called like a cause closet because we have so many dope donations, right? Like we get crazy donations. We get some really, really cool stuff um, from really, really cool people that could really help us continue to run, right? And so what we've, we've got this concept from a few different people who have um, I forget her Instagram name. It's Vintage Something. Somebody could look it up really quick. But oh. she did a um, a sale basically on her Instagram, and then uh, of all of her thrifted items, and then donated the proceeds to us. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of going to piggyback off of that. And some of our higher priced items that get donated to us, we'll be able to um, you know put up for basically auction via Instagram. And if someone's interested, that that money raised goes right back into operating costs um, that will continue uh, that continues allow us to host these large events, you know, put on another bagging brunch with mimosas and talent and food and like mm-hmm. community. All right, we want to do everything out the goodness of our heart, but unfortunately that heart does not pay the bills. So yeah, for sure. So it's the thoughtful thrift event free of charge. Um, it's free to come. It is not yeah. free to shop. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. going to have three different size bags that you'll purchase and then you fill your bag with as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Nice. Still, okay. Yeah. Cause that's still taking the aspect of our, um, free pop-up shops because with our pop-up shops, you get a bag and you fill it up with as much as you can. Right. So this yeah. time, because you know, it's open to the community, it's set up slightly different, but it's still the same essence of it. Yeah. I see. That's amazing. So for someone who lives in Atlanta, like me, is it possible like for me to, to donate things to you? Like, could I ship you guys stuff or is that, you know? Yes, we definitely encourage people. If you are not in the NYC area, you can always um, ship to our office. Um, Just DM us first or reach out to us um, first via our email or DM because we um like like Lita said, we always take based upon our space that we have and our need that we have. So we first just make sure that 
we're accepting, you know, at that time. But yeah, you can always donate from afar. Yeah, nice. I love it. I think I just want to put this, um, I guess, this bit of information out there because this is a sustainable brown girl podcast. I just want mm-hmm. to touch on how many pounds of clothing we actually get each year. Because yes. That's also a really interesting part of the work that's done because we all shop, right? And um, Lita and I were talking about this earlier, like the onus of being sustainable is on the consumer. And mm-hmm. like, that's a huge problem in of itself. We need to change right. that. But, um, you know, with the cost of, I'm trying to move my computer. <laughs> um, with the cost of, of high-end clothing or sustainable clothing being um, sustainably made clothing, being difficult for a lot of people to, you know, aspirational pricing, some may call it. You know, those of us who want to still look good may have to go the fast fashion route. And so we understand that. And a lot of our friends kind of fit in that category. Um, and so when we take that sort of stuff, even though it's going somewhere else, I think it's important to note that each year, I think we see about what, like 6,000 pounds of clothing? Yeah, like 6,000, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah, so we like help like thousand pounds in our office right now. Probably. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> this last winter season, I think we rehomed or repurposed um, over three hundred coats. You know, mm-hmm. this is, that's a huge thing. Six hundred and twenty-four. Six hundred and twenty-four. Yeah, six hundred and twenty-four coats plus those pounds, and then it was like the six seven thousand pounds of clothing and then how i think we helped at least close to how many people now like at least six that was like about 500 600 people and then we like worked all throughout the pandemic too so like that never stopped as well yeah so i just think we're not to boast right not to just say like we're out here doing all this but you just think that we're an organization of four people who's getting this done, imagine what the need is, right? If we are moving this amount of clothing, this amount of um, this amount of stuff and answering to this need, that's only a fraction of what is necessary, even in our borough, let alone the city. You know, we we function within Flatbush, but there's so many areas in Brooklyn um, where something like this is necessary and where they can't necessarily get to us because it's easy to get to us to get the clothes, but then you got to get it home, right? Like sometimes it's not feasible for people. So we are trying to find different ways. We've done pop-ups in other in-need communities. Um, You know, we've hauled clothes all over Brooklyn to meet people where they're at and we'll continue Mm -hmm. to do that. But like, well, clothes shouldn't be the only ones, right? Like if anybody's listening to this and thinking that, oh, this is a dope idea, but I don't want to do it because somebody else is already doing it. It's like that bread aisle analogy, right? Like there's so many types of bread. Get out there and do what you want to do what you need to do. And especially right. something for the good. Like if you see a model like this and you think it's gonna work in your community, just know that the need is there, right? Like mm-hmm. whether whether you're doing it because you wanna save things from a landfill or you're doing it because you really wanna provide um, clothing for somebody, whatever your reason is, it doesn't matter. It has an impact on both sides. Um, so I just wanted to it's such a need. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. No, that's so important to talk about your impact. And no, it's not boasting at all. Like you guys are doing amazing work that are helping so many people. 
So well done and definitely keep it up. And again, you know, like you said, if anyone else wants to do something similar in their communities, like you said, there's definitely a need and a way to do it. So obviously you guys are doing great. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, before we, I don't know if we're closing out, but I have to shout out our, our last co-founder and our yes. team member, Marion, um, Marion Richardson, my sister also. <laughs> They're <laughs> sister right now. We've been friends for 30 plus years. But uh, unfortunately, she yeah. couldn't join us this um, this afternoon. But Marion's also been, you know, really part of this backbone of this um, organization yeah. and making and pushing us to where we are now, you know. And I think she's going to be a huge part of getting us to the next phase. And I think we're all um, we're really excited for what's to come. Um, yeah, you know, talking to more people, building some more spaces, building some more more impact. Um, but I just, you know, we don't work alone. We don't work and silos or anything like that. So, you know, she's not with us in this moment. She's with us. I also said that like she's dead. She's not dead. Yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, no, she's around. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. And Yay. the last question I always like to ask our guests is what does being a sustainable brown girl mean to you or black girl, sustainable brown or black girl? I'm brown. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what? I I'm like, I am brown. <laughs> um, I'll answer first. Uh, I think to me, I feel like as Black women, especially coming up in America, we've always had to make do, reuse, and repurpose. Like, just naturally, I've watched the women that have raised me do it and make something out of nothing and make it look good, too. And mm -hmm. so I think it's just kind of inbred in our DNA to to make things shake, to to spread and stretch things um, and to make it work for us and our families and to look out for our community because ultimately mm -hmm. all we got. So mm -hmm. I think it means for us to now that we have more than just a little bit to make sure that we keep it going, to make sure that we take care of our earth and our families the way that we would take care of ourselves um, and to make sure that we are passing that torch for um, those coming up under us and coming up after us so that um, we have a earth and a place to live that is something you want to live in, something that you want to be around for a long time and take care of it like you would take care of your kids. Yes, well said. Love it. Yeah, that's kind of great. I'm like, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to like, you know, piggyback off what Maya said, but in a mental space, because I feel like, you know, when we speak about sustainability, we always speak about, you know, the earth and which is a huge factor. But I think we have to also be sustainable with ourselves and make sure that we are in a great mental space and be un being unapologetically yourself and being OK. And then making sure when you are in a spot or in a space when you're spreading yourself too thin, you allow, you give yourself your flowers and you allow yourself that space 
to really come back and connect with yourself and then the earth and go out in nature. But then, you know, just making sure you can always stay connected because we can stretch ourselves and, you know, make something out of nothing, but you won't have anything if you are not there yourself. So I think, you know, with all of that and taking care of our outer home, you know, whether it be the earth or, you know, how we look physically, you always have to take care of your inner home. And I think that is so important as well on top of like, you know, making sure we separate cardboard and plastic, which is a very big deal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You definitely got to take care of yourself. I mean, I think for me, I think I'm a, a, a sustainably soft woman or a soft, sustainable woman. I think the other part of sustainability is doing what you can, right? Like yep. there's a part of this that isn't, isn't our fault. It is not the right. individual's responsibility. You know, I, I look in my kitchen, I, a lot of that stuff is, you know, not recyclable or whatever. Um, doing what you can, but also providing space and grace to understand that this is a bigger conversation that is not held not just by individuals but especially not by black women who are inherently sustainable the black community is inherently sustainable the history of sustainability starts with black communities and brown communities and so it is not on us to fix the problems of the um, not just our nation but of the world and you know put everybody on our backs and said all right let's go like that's not that's not our onus anymore like Black women have done it. Black women have talked about it. We have, you know, educated people as far as they want to be educated. And now I think it's time for some grace and doing what we can and making sure that we provide spaces for people to learn and do what they want. To, you know, join the join the paddle if you want to. But um, yeah, also understanding that just because you don't have reusable paper towels doesn't make you not a sustainable person. You know, I think it's I think it's balance at this point. Um, at least in my life, it's balanced. I'm not going to yeah. continue to fault myself and feel terrible that I have Tupperware and not, you know, a metal thing for lunch. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. it's just, yeah. that's how I feel about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we can only do what we can do. And that's what I mm-hmm. always say. Like, it's a journey. It's not a destination. And, you know, just do what you can. And all of you ladies have exemplified that you are doing a major part in helping your communities to have better lives and to also keep clothes and toiletries and all of that stuff out of landfill. So yes, you guys are all doing amazing work and much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and shout and out our socials real quick before we. Yes, exactly. Back. Please do. Lita, hit it. You got the whole. Okay. <laughs> well, at <laughs> Well Clothes Inc. So W E L L C L O T H D Inc. Um, and then, of course, from there, you can visit, you know, our website. We were blessed to be um, had an art like a highlight in the cut magazine. So you can always find like that article there. And, you know, course our amazon wish list to help us build out our office you know it takes it takes a village y'all and then of course monetary donations as well so you know like like jenna said like the heart can't pay the bills so that's also a huge thing as well but yeah definitely please check us out and follow us on, on social check out our website and of course make sure when you do follow you just pay attention to anything that you know any events that we may have any drives coming up and all that good stuff yeah, but if anybody's yes. looking for a really easy way to give, we're also on Amazon Smile. It takes no effort on your part. It's not your mo- your money going to us. Every time you shop 
on Amazon Smile, which is the same platform, um, and you put Well Clothed as your organization, we get a pro, we get a portion of whatever you purchase. So none of your money comes to us. Amazon just is doing this thing, and so I think it's like two percent of each purchase. But it it really does add up. Um, so if yeah, you're yeah. for a pain free way to give, we're definitely listed on there. Yeah, that's amazing. That's super easy too. So yeah, all and of those you can also give by Ven Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll put all that in the show notes. Um, okay. Yes. And also, I will be sharing like anything that you guys have going on to our stories on Instagram. So yeah, so you know, follow them on Instagram. And thank we'll you. also keep up with what you guys are doing. But awesome. yes, yeah, so once again, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. Thank, you for having us. thank you for having us. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.